everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth on Now You Know. Sponsored this week by A Better Route Planner. They've planned over 8 million routes to get your EV where you need to go and so you can find charging for it. I thought it was 7 million routes. 8 million routes. It just keeps going up. It was 6 million routes like, what, like a, a week ago? I know, it just keeps, it's crazy. That's bananas. And brought to you by Bior, or Build Your Own Robot Kit. Take robotics to the kids level. And brought to you by ecoware.us. We have new designs uploaded every week. In fact, Jesse's wearing a new one. Mm -hmm. Says something on the back, but you'll have to find out what it says on ecoware. And we're carbon negative because we plant a tree for every order. All right, so Porsche launched the Taycan last week, which means you can place your order and delivery is to start in early 2020. It's debuting now at the Frankfurt Motor Show and it will start production in its new factory in Zuffenhausen on Monday. And it will ramp up to capacity of 20 to 40,000 cars annually, depending on demand. Now we think it's great that Porsche has their first EV. I mean, we're excited about all sorts of electric cars. We own Leafs, we've driven i3s, we invest in other car companies like uh, Neo. Electromechanica, Green Power Bus, Arkhamoto, Unity, and we're excited for all new EVs that are coming out. And the Taycan is no different. It has some really amazing stats. And not only that, but uh, early drivers who've gotten a chance to get in it say that it feels great. So, like every electric car, the most important stat is range. Uh, and this has a range of up to 450 kilometers or 280 miles on the WLTP standard. This is using a 93.4 kilowatt hour battery pack. And what's cool about that is that they've reserved part of the pack so that you can't overcharge it. So even if you say, you know, charge to 100%, you're not actually charging to 100% because they've reserved part of the pack. So we've heard of people like YouTuber Sean Mitchell who said that he fried his pack on his uh, Model S 60 because he charged to 100 all the time. Right. You won't be able to do that with the Porsche Taycan even if you set it to 100% charge. That's right. It'll have a 270 kilowatt peak charging rate, according to Porsche's website. It has 265 kilowatts of regenerative braking capacity. That's amazing. Yep. It has a two-speed transmission. And now they built that into the car, I think, primarily just to be able to beat the Model S speeds because a transmission like this has a lot of moving parts. You've added a lot of complication to it just to be able to get a little extra torque at high speeds. It can go zero to 100 kilometers an hour, that's 62 miles an hour, in 2.8 seconds. And a top track speed of 260 kilometers an hour or 162 miles an hour. It has peak power of 560 kilowatts. And it has 1,050 newton meters of torque. And the Turbo S has a 0.22 drag coefficient. Yeah, which is even better than a Model S. Yeah. So, I mean, I really like this car. It has a great range. It has great performance. It's all electric, so there's, there's nothing to complain about there. However, the news media has proclaimed that this is a Tesla killer yep. and that this is real competition for Tesla and that Tesla better watch out because this is the competition that's coming for it. And see, I'm not so worried about folks out there watching the show who are really into stats and gear, you know, gear heads, because they're going to know that, uh, well, they're going to be able to compare these numbers and, and compare the cars. What I'm concerned about is the majority of people in the world who don't know much about cars, who are just going to hear these headlines and hear these budsters who are going to proclaim this as a Tesla killer and go, oh my gosh, that's the end of Tesla, better sell my stock. For instance, people who watch TV are going to see things like this. You know, fundamentally this year, I think we need to see what happens with the take on. So the Porsche Taycan launches next Tuesday in uh, Frankfurt at the Frankfurt Auto Show. There's already 20,000 announced orders there. Y you could really see Porsche do very much what it did with the, um, uh, the Cayenne 
and then the Macan. So order numbers there doubled and doubled for, uh, for a couple years. It could be very interesting. That was Craig Irwin of Roth Capital Partners on CNBC explaining why Porsche is going to be giving Tesla some competition. Let's actually get into the nitty gritty and let's figure out if this is actually true. Is the Taycan a Tesla killer? So we just talked about the fact that the Porsche has approximately 20,000 orders, some even say 30,000 orders, waiting to buy this car mm-hmm. and that they're going to produce somewhere between 20 and 40,000 a year in their new factory. So to put that in some perspective, let's take a look at some Tesla deliveries. All right, so Tesla delivered 77,550 Model 3s. Ooh, okay. So I mean, you know, almost double what, you know, uh the the Taycan could could be putting out at a maximum. So uh, what what do you mean almost double? Uh, you know, rounded up to 80,000 Model 3s. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's how many Model 3s were sold last quarter. Last quarter. And the twenty to 40,000 cars that the Taycan are going to sell, that's per year. Right. So if we do the math, we're talking at like probably 300,000 Teslas a year. Well, that's just Model 3s. Let's take a look also at Model S and X. Obviously, they're more expensive. They sell less of them. Uh, They sold 17,650 last quarter. So multiply that by four. You get a bigger number than Porsche is planning on selling of their Taycan. And so if we add those two numbers together, we're talking about like 360, 400,000 cars a year. So that's 10 to 20 times what Porsche is going to sell. Yikes. Gives you some perspective. So this demand that we're seeing of 20 or 30,000 orders for the Porsche Taycan, that demand is pent-up demand for the car. And that's for a different car, I'm going to argue here. That is for the Mission E, which is the name of the car before they came out with the, you know, before they named it the Taycan. It was called the Mission E. And this is what we saw, right? right? Remember that? Yes. So this is the concept. So, I mean, if we look at the two side by side, they're similar. Well, if you're not a car person and if you just glance at them, they look very similar. Right. But if you really were to look at them carefully because you're about to plunk down a lot of money on it, yeah. you'd notice that the Mission E looks super awesome. Right. Everything on the Taycan is just a little bit more subdued, a little bit more uh, softened out. There's just less angle. There's less scoop. There's less stance. Yeah. And also there's things like, you know, the Mission E had suicide doors. Right. Which is a really cool feature. If you're going to, you know, show off your car, that's cool. No B-pillar there, right? But uh, now, all of a sudden, that's gone. I mean, I'm not I'm not missing the suicide doors. Okay, They're but not look a at terribly the, Look at the sculpting practical. on the Mission E. The sculpting gives it a completely different front end. It gives a completely different side view. Right. It's a different car. And that's not all that was different. The Mission E was promising a 350 kilowatt fast charging network. Now, the Taycan is only going to have 270. Um, and I've heard reports that it was going to be 250. Right. And not only that, but there's not a supercharging network that can really do that. There are some chargers located primarily at Porsche dealerships, but right. not a network like you have with supercharging. And it, when we're talking about the United States, there is almost no dedicated network for it, right? There is no Porsche network. Um, there is Electrify America, and some of them are pretty high-powered chargers, um, but others are not. Right. Now, let's go to the interior, because uh, if you just glance at the interior, it looks expensive, which it is, but uh, we'll take a look at this Twitter video. Now, Rocco Freddy reviews the Porsche Taycan. But look at this interior touch and turn it. It's so nice. God, it's beautiful. My God, it is so good. My God, look at that. Haptic feedback, we push and get the noise, the sound. 
cats are sexy. And then the smoking package. Look at this. We, we open this. Hey, look at that. Open it up. Look. It's beautiful smoking. And then we touch this in. We look. What is the cat? What is this? The ambient and the cash light on. The reference. It's good. Beautiful. I got the Porsche I think that once you actually start playing around with it, it looks like an old car to me. Not that it's not fancy or expensive, but compare that to a Model S, which just still looks modern and futuristic. Right, and, and that design came out in 2012. Right. And it still looks futuristic because they can update the little buttons. Right. And so it's going to continue to look futuristic on the inside because practically all the buttons that you're going to press are on that touchscreen. And so, you know, when we don't want the bulbous kind of gloopy doopy looking logos anymore, we will get the, the chic, you know, shiny, flashy buttons. And then when, you know, pink becomes the new the new black, then we all switch to pink buttons. Like, it can just keep up with the times. And also, the Mission E interior was going to look even cooler than this. Right. And they kind of toned it down. And just little things like that little knob on the steering wheel. I mean, what is that? I don't know. I mean, my steering wheel has two knobs, but I can use them. I can use my thumb to do that. I don't understand. Why, I'm going to have to take my hand off the... Right. And I think that this gets down to the design aesthetics of traditional car manufacturers and tesla traditional car manufacturers everything kind of looks like a spaceship from like star trek you know the one with kirk and spock right and tesla's design aesthetic comes from like the jj abrams version of star trek everything is sleek there are no buttons everywhere right and here i think is the biggest point so let's get down to the nitty-gritty here and let's order one of these Porsches, Jesse. So let's uh, let's log on to the Porsche website mm -hmm. and let's pick the uh, Turbo S, which is the, the one that's going to get us the fastest time. Right. And let's start picking some stuff to put in there. Now, you know, when I went through it, I had to buy the $3,600 InnoDrive, which is what Porsche calls their kind of lane assist. Um, and that only lets you go up to speeds of 37 miles per hour to use adaptive cruise control and lane keeping features. Unlike tesla's autopilot which you can use at any speed well up to 90 miles an hour right i picked a bunch of things here you know to make it a nice you know porsche car i didn't go over the top i didn't buy the luggage or anything like that and i came out with a pretty pricey uh price point as you're seeing here about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. everyone loves the interior of the tycon you don't get that screen on the right unless you pay for it right no there's a whole lot of things you don't get unless you pay for them even things as basic as you know your charging package is something you have to pay extra for so when you see that hundred fifty thousand dollar base price i don't think many porsche buyers are actually going to just stick with the base model they're gonna have to throw in i'm guessing at least thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff just to get it to be a porsche Right. You, I mean, what kind of plebeian would walk out of the Porsche dealership without the with, premium package? Without the premium package and without the, the, the touchscreen for your right. passenger. Exactly. And so that is my biggest point here, is the price. When everyone says that this is a Tesla killer, one of the biggest things that you do when you go down to a car dealership is you haggle over price because the price of the vehicle has a big role to play. So we just told you that if you want to drive a Porsche Taycan, you're going to have to spend about 200 
thousand dollars plus. Right. And let's say you just have, let's say you're just getting the base, right? Still, it's $150,000. And people will come out and say, a Tesla costs $150,000. Well, let's see if that's true. So right. let's let's head over to tesla.com and let's uh, sit down to buy a Model S. Right. So, all right. Uh, performance Model S, obviously. Right. Uh, so we get that fast zero to 60 Let's time. get it in red. Get it in red, which is the most expensive oh, color. Oh, let's get big tires. Get the 21-inch wheels. Oh, uh, nice interior package. Right. Carbon fiber with the white interior. Yeah. Gets us to a final price of $108,000. But you know what? Let's add one more thing. Let's add the full self-driving package, which will bring us up to $114,990. So we're looking at $115,000 car. That's, that's nowhere near one hundred and fifty. That's the most you can spend on a performance Model S right now. Can I just point out that you could get the topped-out Model S and then still have enough money to buy the low-end Model 3 for the same price as the base model Porsche. Base model Porsche. But you know what? Let's put it on a chart here and let's you know show you some stats head-to-head. -head. So if we bought a Model S versus a Taycan, what would we be looking at? So let's look at 0 to 60 times. Right. Uh, the Taycan gets a 0 to 60 of 2.6, roughly. Um, and the Model S has been recorded 0 to 60 in 2.28. Yeah, and that's by Motor Trend. All right, let's look at the range. What do you get with the Taycan? You get... 279 miles or 449 kilometers. But, but hang on. Yes. That's WLTP range. And as you guys know on the show, that stands for? Well, less than, probably. How do we figure out real world range for this? Um, there's a ratio uh, that Inside EVs worked out that basically uh, it's about 12% less. Okay, so let's do the math there. So you're going to end up with a range of around 249 miles. That's 400 kilometers. Now, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's about what I get on my Model X. So and that's, that's pretty good. that's about what I get on my Model 3. So it's definitely livable. You okay, can definitely live with it. What would we get for the Model S? 345 miles. EPA. That's 555 kilometers. Wow. That's just about 100 miles more in terms of range. All right, well, let's look at the charge rate because that's where uh, I think the Taycan's going to shine. The Taycan has a 270 kilowatt peak charge rate, and that should get you 5% to 80% in 22.5 minutes. That's really fast. That's really fast, but where are you going to charge it? And that's a really big point here because, yes, it does beat the Model S, which has 150 kilowatt peak, um, which would get take you about 28 to 35 minutes from 5% to 80%. Mm -hmm. But you can charge that anywhere in the world, practically. Whereas the Porsche, you're going to basically be stuck going to a Porsche dealer for most of it. Right. Europe obviously has a stronger charging network, especially for DC fast charging. And the United States is slowly catching up. But it is not as simple and as easy as the Tesla supercharging network. All right. Well, let's talk about autopilot full self-driving. Where are we with the Taycan? So... It comes with the InnoDrive. Well, it doesn't come with it. You got to pay for it. Right. Okay. Sorry. So you have to pay, you know, $4,000 more to get the InnoDrive. And that gets you basically like a fancy cruise control, which will take into account the speed limit and curves in the road. And it'll get you traffic jam assist, which is a lot like um, autopilot for the Model S, except that it only works up to speeds of 37 miles an hour. So that means basically uh, it's sort of like a very relaxed driving. It'll try and keep you in the lane and, and obviously uh, keep a distance between the car in front of you. But it's only meant for traffic jams, only goes up to 37 miles an hour. So when you are up at highway speeds, there's no autopilot. Right. And their big argument is that if you're driving a Porsche, you want to drive it yourself. Okay, that's kind of fair, um, except that with 
the Model S, we are getting the autopilot and full self-driving and all the cool features that are going to be coming, like auto summon and auto park and all that stuff. And we're going to be getting over-the-air updates. Right. So all the all the new fun stuff will come out all the time. So let's look at the rear cargo space. Because, I mean, if you're buying a car like this, um, you're going to want to throw your luggage in it. You're going to want to throw the golf clubs in it. You want to put the kids in the back seat and take them on a trip, right? Well, they did put four doors on it. And that's my biggest complaint here. If It's basically a sports car. But they sold it kind of as a competition to the Model S, which is a four-door, five-seater. And this is cramped rear seats and nowhere near the cargo space. So what do we get for cargo space? 12.9 cubic feet in the Taycan. And in the Model S, you have 26.3 cubic feet. So you have double the cargo space. And a much more roomy backseat. Yes. Okay, and lastly, let's go for price here. So uh, we priced out our Taycan at... 221000 $360. And we restrained ourselves. I mean, we could have bought a lot more upgrades, oh, like there's carbon fiber so and all sorts stuff of stuff. We didn't buy. do that. Right. Um, and so that's that price. And so Model S, would that come in at? Comes in at $114,990. All right. MKBHD tweeted this out. And as it's kind of like what we just did with our chart, he right. kind of points out the fact that uh, it's ridiculously more expensive and you don't get any better stats. Here's my question. When you sit down to actually go through this exercise and think about buying the car, which you can do both online, right? right. Uh, you're going to do what we just did. And when you're all done and you come to that exact same conclusion, I think most people who are on the list for the Porsche are going to go, oh, it seemed like a great idea. But now that I have the actual car in front of me and the actual stats, I don't think I want to pull the trigger on something that costs $100,000 more. Right. And, and, you know, when even if you're talking about just the base model for the Taycan, how hard is it going to be to convince your significant other, hey, I want to buy this really, really, really expensive sports car. And they're like, really? But with the Model S, you can say, hey, I want to buy this really expensive sports car, but I'm also going to get you a Model 3. Now, what do you think? Well, can Go I into it together? Can I have the Performance Model 3? Sure. Sure. And you know what? It'll even be cheaper than that Porsche. That's a really powerful argument. <laughs> I'm I just saying, I mean... I don't know who is having this this argument or conversation. No, but, but it's a really good point because you could buy the top end Model S and then buy a couple Model 3s. Uh, you could buy three Model 3s, base Model 3s, give them to your kids, your wife, your buddy down the street, mm -hmm. and you'd still come out ahead. Right. And that's pretty crazy. And that's something that does not get picked up on enough. You know, they'll talk about the zero to 60 time. They'll talk about the, how luxurious it is. They will talk about the base price um, of 150,000. Oh, that's so reasonable. Um, but they're not talking about once you get the options that you probably want if you're a Porsche driver. You know, I want to point something else out. You just got me thinking. Yeah. If the Taycan is so expensive, we forgot about one whole car that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, uh, the Model Y? Uh, well, a little past that. Uh, the pickup truck? Uh, maybe before that. Semi-truck. I was thinking about the Roadster. Oh! I mean, if you're in the, if you're in the market for a Taycan, you'll probably be very interested in a Roadster. So let's put those head-to-head. -head. Let's throw them up here. Okay. All right, so, so now we, now we've spec'd out a Taycan that's all out, pedal to the metal, just about everything you can buy except for the luggage right. and the ski bag. Right. Um, because those are astronomically expensive. Um, those are worth more than 
some cars. Right. Um, and it's just a luggage set. And you could order ten up to 10 of them, which could really inf- inflate the price. And we didn't do that. No. So this doesn't include luggage or ski bags, but it includes just about everything else. This is the Everything best. else that goes in the car itself. Yes. All right. So we already know the specs on the Taycan. Let's slowly reveal here the Roadster specs. So mm-hmm. we know that the Taycan's 2.6, uh, 0 to 60. What's the Roadster? Uh, 1.9. Okay. And I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels... Does it feel stupid? It feels... <laughs> crazy okay um then the range so uh we know that well let's just give it to him let's just give him the 279 miles okay even though it's only 249 real world but okay and the roadster is uh 260 miles no no, no it's not i'm sorry i'm dyslexic it's 620 miles yeah my brain didn't believe that so i didn't say 620 miles yeah so that's more than double the yeah. Taycan. you can practically drive from washington dc to chicago that's that's how far 620 miles is. All right, we know that the charge rate on the Taycan is 270 kilowatts peak. Now, Elon said that the uh, Roadster would charge at 350 kilowatts, but let's just pretend that that's not true. Let's pretend that he can do what he can do with the Model 3, which is 250 kilowatts. So I would say that's that's apples to apples right mm-hmm. there. So that's, that's a wash, except for one thing. You're never going to need to charge the Roadster during the day. I propose right. that you will... There's no way that you're going to get in that car if it's fully charged and need to charge again until the nightfall. Well, and this also gets to another point, though, which is with the charge rate, um, normally you're charging up to about 50%, 60%, maybe 70% at the full charge rate, and then you start to slowly decline. Having a 620-mile battery pack means that you'd have something like 200 kilowatt hours of battery, which means that you can keep peak charging for longer, which means that your, on average, miles per hour is going to be a lot higher. Right. Um, why you would be supercharging a car like that, I have no idea. I guess you, you want to go to other countries, drive to the moon. Right. I, I don't know. But it's going to be a different experience. Now, uh, the Taycan, as we said, really just has things like traffic jam assist, mm-hmm. whereas the Roadster is going to have full self-driving, mm-hmm. and it is going to have over-the-air updates. Uh, rear cargo space, we're probably going to hand this one to the Taycan. It has 12.9 cubic feet, and the Roadster looks like it has a trunk that could hold maybe half that. Right. Um, and then the price. I think we might have forgotten what the price of the Roadster is after all this time. Right. Base, $200,000. When we're when we're talking about fancy cars, two hundred thousand dollars is not that much money. Right. Uh, it's it's like a you know your your midsize sedan. It just seems like it's okay. That's a very reasonable number, even though it's not. Um, and the Founder Series is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now the Taycan, with all the bells and whistles aside from the luggage, because that wouldn't be fair, because you can't fit the luggage in the Taycan. Um, it would be two hundred forty thousand. $280. Right. So basically, you could either get the Founder Series Roadster or the maxed out Taycan for about the same price. And here's my thought, is that if you're sitting down to price out the Taycan, since you can't take delivery of it till 2020 anyway, mm-hmm. and the Roadster is going to come out about that time anyway, you're probably going to say to yourself, why would I buy a Taycan? I mean, there's so many advantages to Tesla, just like supercharging, service centers all that kind of stuff i've got it if you're saying i'm a very fancy person and i'm gonna buy the top of the line porsche or i'm going to buy uh the founder series roadster because there's nothing but the best for me the the tycon 10 grand cheaper 
so you can actually afford the luggage. That could be. So you got me. that's there's the argument. Be like, honey, we're getting the luggage. It's uh, it's it's a uh, we're not going to get the roadster, but we're going to get the Porsche luggage, which you know you said that you wanted. All right, so Porsche spent six point six billion euros. That's seven point three billion dollars to develop the Taycan. And to put that in perspective, Tesla's entire 16-year history, they spent $6.3 billion more than they brought in as revenue. So basically, you could equate that they have spent $6.3 billion to build out four car lines for less than Porsche has spent to build out one. So it took Tesla about four years to get from their high-end sports car, their original Roadster, to the first Model S. Mm -hmm. And it took them uh, three years to get from the Model S to the Model X. Remember, that came out in 2015. And yep. then two years later, they came out with the Model 3. So they've been getting faster and faster uh, with their iterations. So Porsche is probably about three or four years behind, if we use this math, in coming out with their next model electric car. And so that gives you some perspective as to where Tesla stands in relationship to Porsche. So when everyone says that Porsche is the Tesla killer, maybe, but they're four years behind. If this car came out, then let's, let's, be, let's be frank here. If this car came out, in 2014, I would be seriously, seriously impressed. I'm not kidding. I'm, I would not be in any way like, no, it's not. I'd be like, oh my God. Clearly, Tesla does not have the secret sauce because back then in 2014, there was no zero to 60 in, in 2.2 uh, second uh, Model S. The supercharger network was nowhere near where it is today. I would seriously think, oh my gosh, Porsche could actually catch up if they really wanted to. They could they could conceivably, you know, you, you have a car that's definitely a little bit more on the pricier side, but it wouldn't take too much, it would seem, for them to make a cheaper uh, version of that. You know, they would have learned a lot from their technology. And back in 2014, I would have been concerned. But now there's a little thing called the Model 3 that exists. Right. And the Model 3 fully decked out is only about 60 grand and i would argue is pretty good compared to the tycon right. you know the, the the performance model 3 0 to 60 in 3.3 seconds and let me tell you it drives like a dream and you can get it for any price range between you know $35,000 and $60,000 there, there's no winning against that everyone's comparing the tycon to the model s and that is not the car that you should be comparing it to. You right. should be comparing it to the Model 3 because more people are able to buy Model 3s than are going to be able to buy Porsche Taycans. Right. And there's a couple other points that I think Porsche has tried to do with this car to kind of make you doubt the Model S. Mm -hmm. One of them is the battery. They've been claiming that the Taycan battery is going to outlast the Model S battery. And that is simply because they did one thing. There's nothing technologically magic about this. They just put a bigger battery in and then software limited it so that you couldn't use it all so that you couldn't overcharge it. Right. That doesn't mean they came up with better battery management system. That just basically means they put more cells in the car, which made it heavier, but only allowed you to use less of it. And Tesla could roll this out tomorrow. Right. They could, there could be an over-the-air update and suddenly your range would go down by a significant amount and they would say, don't worry, It'll never move after this point. You know, it was 345 miles. Now it's 300 miles. Um, and you can never get that 345, but it'll always be 300 miles. So don't worry. The other thing is that Porsche came out with this very complicated two-speed gearbox, and they did that so that they could get a little extra torque 
at those higher speeds. And that means that they added a lot of weight, a lot of complexity, a lot of things that can wear out to their car. Why did they do that? Probably because they like things that can wear out because then you can bring it in and pay for it to get it fixed. Whereas Tesla said, why would we want to add that extra complication? Right. We don't need it. And so we're not adding it. Right. Now, it's not a very complicated uh, transmission. It's just that compared to a Tesla, it's very complicated. Right. Right. Uh, compared to any other car, it's not it's not that bad. Most cars have more gears than just two gears. But when you, again, compare it to a Tesla or just about any other EV, they're all one gear. You don't need more right. gears, right? Because the power of an electric motor starts at zero RPMs right. and it only peters out once you're going about 120 miles an hour. I think this was a gimmick so that they could get a very good time at Nuremberg. And I don't think they really need it because I think most drivers aren't going to be driving at those speeds. Right. Obviously, there's the German Autobahn drivers because they don't want to take planes. And hey, think of the, the carbon offset of this, of, of buying uh, a, an electric car that you can drive at insane speeds on the Autobahn. That's, hey, that's a positive. I just think one other thing when you're sitting down to buy the Porsche is you're going to wonder about safety. And uh, we already know that with Teslas, you're getting the safest cars on the road. And I'm not saying the Porsche isn't. There haven't been the, the safety tests yet, but that's an unknown. So maybe people are going to wait. Overall, though, this is a big win for everybody. Yep. Okay. It is great that, that Porsche actually devoted time, energy, and resources to developing an electric car. This is what I had been saying I wanted these car companies to be doing for the longest time, right? Back in 2000, you know, 11 that's when they really should have been starting the Taycan because then it would have come out in 2013 and would have blown all of our minds right. and you know this is great because now the Porsche fans can actually you know join the EV revolution yeah. they can uh, have their Porsche and be electric too this is a really good point because for the longest time they've been on the sidelines they had no car that they could be excited about because if they wanted to stay porsche fans they had to stay ice fans right now they can actually become ev fans and this is a very big point i think porsche driver doesn't necessarily mean that's the only car they're going to drive during the week i mean you might drive it to work five days a week or something or maybe there's going to be some other car that you drive with the family that means that if they fall in love with their porsche Taycan and they realize that an EV is superior, they might start looking for EVs in other parts of their lives. Of course. And just, so... Just like I do. Exactly. And so they might, you know, maybe the next car in the garage won't be another Porsche. Maybe it'll be a Leaf or maybe it'll be a Tesla. And that's hugely positive because it's going to give those Porsche fans something else to start thinking about besides ICE cars. And more importantly, I would argue, because I think that there are more Porsche fans that do not buy Porsche cars. Porsche is a very strong brand. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to say that people don't like Porsche. Those Porsche fans now have a pretty car, if, if we're being frank, um, yeah. to get behind. And that means that, you know, they were never going to be able to afford a Porsche. I think for, the mo for most of us, uh, a Porsche is really not in the cards right. for, for us. And so you might aspire to want to buy a Porsche someday, you know, if you win the lottery or something like that. But you know that you won't you won't get one. But when you're looking for a new car, you might be saying to yourself, gee, you know, I know I can't get the, the Taycan. Maybe I could get uh, a Leaf. Maybe I could get a Model 3. It's, it's that inspiration. It's that cultural change right. that is extraordinarily positive. And that's why I don't want to tell you that the Porsche Taycan is bad. But what I do want to say 
is for that anyone who is telling you that Porsche is going to mop the floor with, with Tesla because the Taycan is going to steal all of the sales of every Tesla vehicle, feel free to laugh in their face. It doesn't work. Anyone who is seriously considering buying an electric car, two yeah. electric cars, even if they're looking for high-priced cars, if they're a rational person, they're probably going to go with the Performance Model S. And if they're an even more rational person, they're probably going to get a Model 3. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We're here every Friday on In-Depth, and you can catch us on Mondays on Tesla Time News and bite-sized Tesla Time News on Tuesdays. Right, so if you don't have enough time to sit down to a, a full 45-minute to 1-hour and 15-minute episode, you can watch the bite-sized, which, you know, it's just a little bite-sized, just a little nibble. Yeah, easy to share. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Now you now know. You know.